Hello and welcome to the Healthy Empath Podcast. I'm your host, fellow human, Mike Marshausen. I just wanted to come on and share some updates, things that I've been learning, processing, and going through. So first all, first off, there's yeah, somewhat of a an apology to anyone who you know was enjoying listening to this podcast and the lack of content and episodes that have been apparent and largely coming from you know this was at first you know i decided all right yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be you know it's a commitment and i have to have this amount of podcasts every week and this amount of this and this and that and just very you know rigid and kind of coming at it with that very young energy that kind of like forceful willful energy and then that changed a while back and i was like no that's that's not where I'm at right now and then I kind of I changed that and decided that this was just going to be something for fun and an outlet for my own self-expression and hopefully that helps some people along the way right just sharing my journey bringing other people on chatting and just you know sharing talking about health and life and you know everything it takes to be a whole healthy human and empath so that's where the big gaps come from and you know I just I didn't have the inspiration, so it wasn't going to be fun. I didn't know what I was going to say. You know, I'm, I'm still going through stuff all the time. There's always learning and processing, and there's definitely stuff to talk about. But I just didn't feel the excitement, and that's why I haven't uh, been posting or been, you know, yeah, doing that kind of stuff. But basically, because I've been, you know, working on other things, busy with other things, mainly my you know, moving company and all the other things I do and family and I just you know, didn't prioritize this and I just wasn't feeling the flow and you know sometimes I would be upset and you know not really want to do it and just kind of like wondering why like I don't feel the inspiration like oh I thought I was here to help people and do this and that blah 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 but kind of just letting all that go and coming back to you know what I said just you know following following the excitement and trusting the gut and intuition and if I'm feeling inspired and excited then I can come on and share and I'm feeling re-inspired and excited and I'm even going to you know post every day on Instagram I'm going to work on that doing that for every day for 30 days because I had a huge gap there and although as I say that that sounds isn't that going back to kind of like that forceful thing uh it may be but at least it was coming from that place of excitement um to start with so even if I lose the excitement in the middle somewhere of that 30 days it still came from this initial place of right action and excitement. So I'm just going to do that and see what happens. So some things on this episode that I want to talk about. So the title is Cats, Caffeine, and Grief. So I wanted to talk about a few of those things. And I think the last thing I posted on Instagram was about our cat, uh, Gaia, dying. She was missing for a number of days, which was very rare right she always comes back if she goes out at night it had been you know some days and she hadn't come back and so i was like oh i'll I'll wait like a a week to worry or so and yeah i was waiting and then so yeah my my wife she was more you know like something's wrong (laughs) feeling it so you know posting like these different groups and you know whatever you do when you have an animal or pet that's missing and then she got a call one day about the yeah somebody had found identified the body and yeah we got that call 
we were like out in, <laughs> in downtown at a town near us and yeah it was we were at least the family was all together it was pretty sad uh i held i i reserved my feeling and crying for a little while you know just held space for my wife to do that and then until i felt appropriate or a couple hours later <laughs> and yeah i was definitely feeling that and so this process was very interesting and the the depth of tears was unlike anything i've ever experienced and i thought that a bit confusing and fascinating and you know i definitely have opened myself up to crying again and i'm no stranger to that and you know i've had family members or more so grandparents pass and shed a lot of tears there but i don't know what was different here i i cried hard i grieved i it was deep sobbing for different periods for a few days in a row and i was like what is going on here and so synchronistically i also had a channeling session set up with my friend stephanie stephanie who is also a podcast guest here and uh, on that day that we found out i happened to have a session already scheduled with her so i messaged her earlier in the day and asked if she could channel gaia for me instead of you know the the usual being that she channels actually did both half and half and so that you know she said sure and she brought the, that energy through you know, the consciousness of Gaia and I had a little chat with her and by chat I mean I just muted and <laughs> turned my screen off and cried extremely hard while listening to her talk and you know I had some questions basically like why <laughs> all right so my cat Gaia she was uh, a year and a half old I think we got her for our son Lucan's birthday or Christmas they were around the same time so one of those and she was just so special and so amazing in so many different ways um just absolutely incredible and so this was yeah a big hit and i didn't realize how i felt about her and you know could easily get frustrated with her meowing in my face and different things but yeah she was very snuggly just very incredible cat and yeah, that's when I, I realized how much I like cats and how they the, the energy that they have in the house that they, that they provide is just amazing. So we, we actually have two cats now, <laughs> two kittens that we got from the same place uh, related to Gaia in some way. But um, so going through the the channeling, like some of the main questions was like, OK, basically, why? <laughs> right. And the first answer was, you know, that it was a soul contract between the cat and the driver. And it was actually a, a, a big part of, you know, whoever was that driver and teaching them whatever lessons that they have to learn about compassion, whatever was going on in their life, you know, hitting this cat. Um, you know, they didn't get out. A police officer found the cat on the side of the road so that the person didn't like cut out and call, but definitely knew that it happened. And so that, you know, was a part of their process. And I was like, okay, okay, right, everything's usually me, 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 right? And then the answer is like, yeah, this isn't about you. But of course, it's like, yeah, well, you're our cat. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, and yeah, so we, yeah, we had a nice discussion and, you know, talking about, again, well, I shouldn't say discussion, I just tried to ask some answers, uh, some questions in between my crying. And, but definitely felt better after and, you know, learned just yeah that she we can still connect with her she's a spirit guide and at the end she did say that she to tell my wife that she will uh join us again join her again at whatever point you know through her next cycle but right now just 
in spirit and also using the opportunity to teach Lucan about death and about angels and spirit guides and you know grieving and that's certainly what we did so yeah I, I felt this deep grief in it uh you know in those bouts of you know deeply crying and sobbing it felt really good I actually felt really human because I'd never really felt that before again like when I cried you know when my grandmother passed a couple years ago I I wasn't that sad like I definitely cried a fair amount but it was like it was I there was I still like it was beautiful right it just felt like it was her time I could I knew this was her decision right you know she was you know, she was she was still out and about doing her thing, so everyone was pretty surprised. Like, oh wow, like didn't really see that coming. You know, she was still doing her thing, living her life. But you know, I'm being there with her in those moments. I, I knew that this was her choice, and she was ready. But it, it definitely felt different to me when it's something so much younger. Right? It was you know, this wasn't my 20 year old or 15 year old cat. This was a year and a half year old cat. So there was something extra sad about that to me. And you know, when I picked her up from the vet clinic that the police officer had brought her that was another big release for me and just seeing her you know beautiful you know, little body like that and just let go and so we brought her home and buried her in the backyard and you know with the kiddos around and you know took a hole and set her in and definitely let out some deep deep group tears and then, so recently I've been listening to this book by Martine Pactel. Uh, it's called The Smell of Rain on Dust. It's about grief and praise. And he shared this story of a Westerner friend who, you know, wanted some help and um, guidance from him on how to grieve for the passing of his mother, I believe it was. So I can't really relay the full story, but basically he talks about, like, um, he did his best that he could, and then they were at the funeral burying her and the rest of the family it was just like you know like, we don't nobody cries at a funeral right it's just that's not gonna help and then he just says he uncontrollably just lets it out just weeping so deep to the point where all of a sudden an ambulance shows up and he you know, sees it and he's like who is this for and then they're like it's for you and he's like what why and like his family were like, you know, we didn't know what to do. You were just crying uncontrollable. So they like called 911, thought something was, you know, wrong with him. And then they're like, you know, crying's not gonna help. Like, you know, bring her back. And so the this is the main point of the story, it was this this one little sentence. Um, he said, I wasn't crying to bring her back, I was crying to help her get to where she's going faster. And that really stuck out to me. And that um you know, going back to when we buried Gaia, you know, just like those tears felt like it was helping her in a way. And my wife even said that too before all this. It seemed like it was part of her process to whatever realm she may have been in to help her, you know, continue on to, you know, that, that process to the next one to, you know, fully integrate into the next. And these tears and this grief that we have uh, aids our loved ones in that. So this book is phenomenal you know, about grief and, you know, grief and praise and how, you know, gr grief is praise and it's, you know, giving life, it's, you know, a life-giving process and it's, you know, the um, the loss of that which we love, you know, not that which we want, right? It's not disappointment, you know, and then he talks about the difference. So something that we truly love, the loss of that is grief, not something like, oh, 
that you know, we just want it or, or you know something that you could be disappointed about it's not disappointment it's true loss of love and there's another quote in the book somewhere and it says talking about you know i'll just i can't read the whole part but yeah i'll just read what i wrote out from it so it starts it's in the sentences that you know forces us to begin to learn how to court the divine so remember yeah he's talking about grief and that kind of stuff this is the first grand step to becoming a whole person a person who can turn loss into grief and grief into a song of life-giving praise this is the metabolization of grief into beauty and again i thought that was just so great because we seem to have really lost this in the west you know here this capacity for grief and like truly you know recognizing that it it's what you know giving life to, to beauty you know giving praise to life through grief and that's what i you know really felt with that and so one of the main lessons you know with the the passing of her was you know just getting me to slow down and recognize it's easy to get caught up and just you know in your life everything's good you just you know, focus on your goals and your dreams and doing all this work and you almost think that like you know bad things can't happen you know kind of to you kind of thing and this kind of reminded me that you know life here is fleeting and it's the fleeting nature that really gives rise to the beauty of it all in the human experience and that knowing that what we have could literally disappear in a moment <laughs> like that's scary but like the courage that it takes to embrace that is what makes this you know life full and beautiful and i think on day three of this grieving process i a song came on the radio and i knew immediately it was from her this old country song like i'm uh, i'm in a hurry something goes something along the lines of like, i'm in a hurry to get things done oh i'm rushing rushing to life's no fun all i really gotta do is live and die and i'm in a hurry and don't know why uh, that's normally the part where i i apologize for my lack of singing skills but i'm just gonna let it let it fly but yeah, that really stuck out to me and I hear it play in my head a lot ever since when I get into that mode and I realized how much in a hurry I am and was and without really even knowing why, just rushing, rushing until life's no fun. Just go, 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 rushing, hurry. And this really got me to slow down and just be more present, play more with my kids, which is a very common lesson that I get or a message that I get. And so, yeah, that, that was huge. And that was a very big catalyst into doing my best to slow down and getting out of that frantic rushing energy. I'm just rushing, rushing. Don't even know why. And it goes along with some other stuff I'm reading. Uh, right, right now I've been reading slash studying the, the science of getting rich and the science of being great. And, you know, it talks a lot about of hurry from there. And, you know, I've known this too, just other insights that come through this difference between acting from a place of you know frantic scarcity rushing versus this calm confident place you know right action calm knowing and i'm going to talk about more about that probably in another episode of a uh, san pedro experience that i had and right around the same time uh, just actually a few days before the gaia was the situation happened so slowing down that was huge and still is huge and i am practicing <laughs> a lot with that and 
moving into the caffeine section here. Uh, so I've been reevaluating my relationship with caffeine and stimulants and noticing that it really it aids the rushing, right? The, the frantic energy. And, you know, even I've gone through various phases with coffee and stimulants. So I would, you know, have multiple cups a day to zero cups a day to one to a wide range of different things. And so I was on the lower side still, just like around, you know, one or so. But then I, I realized, you know, because I, especially from, from Starbucks, their coffee has way too much caffeine. I realized even just like one cup from there, um, I just, you know, because I was meditating after. And I was tuning in my body and I've just been more aware of my breathing patterns and how there's a lot of restriction in my breathing. And just like the stuckness. And, you know, so I could, you know, in this kind of more quiet place, I was able to discern. Because a lot of people, oh, I have a cup of coffee every day. I don't notice anything. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> go, you know, meditate after you drink a cup of coffee and tell me you don't feel anything. Right? It's, it's very subtle and it's very tricky when we're addicted to things because our mind and our ego gets in the way. Uh, so it's, it becomes very easy to ra- rationalize and justify. So I was, you know, in a, a deeper space of meditation, you know, focusing on the breathing, my nervous system, and I was like, wow, like I, it's super tight, and I could just feel the the overstimulated nervous system, um, and I could tell that it was from the coffee, from or from too much coffee, I should say, because you know the do- dose makes the poison or the medicine. So. Yeah, stimulants, uh, and I think is a very big contributor to this, you know, frantic, kind of overstimulated, stressed out nervous system condition that most of us experience. So especially in this work, you know, that I do with the health coaching and the healthy empath, you know, and I was thinking even more so today, like, what do I really do? Like, what do I offer people? Okay, yeah, I do healing work. I do health coaching. You know, I talk about, uh, about you know, helping empaths step into their wholeness and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, you know, but like how or, 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 or what am I, yeah, what are we doing? Like what's another way to look at it? So I was just reflecting on that. And one of them was reducing stress and overwhelm. Like I think that's really a large part of what the work I do on myself and with others. You know, all the health practices and all the healing work, that's reducing stress and overwhelm. Because right? when you do the physical health practices, right, you're reducing all the physical stressors, you're, you're calming your nervous system. When you do the, the healing work, again, the, the stressors from whatever trauma and emotions, but then also the, the chaos and the divide that can cause, cause um, yeah, be in your nervous system and in your mind. So it's, it's about reducing this stress and overwhelm. And I think that stimulants are a contributor to stress and overwhelm, right? It's just, if you are trying to heal your nervous system, right? And then you're doing taking things that are activating it or stimulating it, that, that's going to stimulate it more. And so I've even noticed with myself in the past, you know, tracking my HRV, which is my heart rate variability, which is a way to gauge kind of the, the state of your nervous system. I noticed if I have, if I had caffeine or coffee when my HRV was high, meaning like my nervous system primed, ready to go, feeling good, then I would take it over the edge. Like I would feel overstimulated and like just, oh, oh get into a place of like being frantic, but can't really focus on any one thing for too long. 
But if it was a little lower and I'm a little more tired and then I would have it, it could help, you know, maybe lift me up, give me some more focus. So I'm not like, oh, I'm, you know, doesn't mean I'm giving coffee up or however people, you know, immediately put things into these categories. It's not about that. It's just about changing, you know, my relationship. So I, I've had caffeine the past couple of days. You know, I had Puerti one morning, didn't notice any of that, you know, hyperactivation. I had today, this morning, I had a half calf espresso. So I was looking at like, what's a lower caffeine content? And espresso is because it's a smaller amount of coffee. Or if you make a drip coffee, you're putting multiple scoops in. If you make an espresso, you're putting one scoop in. So you're not getting nearly the amount of, you know, you would in a drip coffee, you know, a big mug, which is what I would have a lot. Or I would have multiple espresso. So today I did just a half of, uh, yeah, half calf espresso before I went to the gym, right? So if I, you know, I would still be, I would be using that, that energy. And yeah, I felt great and just, you know, felt great cool and calm afterwards and then if I have decaf coffee it doesn't do any of that kind of stuff so I would encourage anyone who is using coffee or caffeine in various ways or if you're just if just like a daily habit and ritual to work on that relationship to see if you can use it in a more tactical approach always tinkering and using I love tools right we're always using tools humans it's well known that you know we, humans are humans, you know, partly because of you know we use tools and different drugs and stimulants and you know herbs and whatever they may be, may be. They're all different types of tools. So I've been kind of looking at it, you know, coffee can be more as a tool, but instead of just whatever the daily habit is, like yeah, I, I love to drink something warm and delicious in the morning, but it doesn't have to be just regular coffee for the sake of it but i can use it more strategically you know, maybe if i do have i'm a little bit tired and i do have a, a, need some good focus energy then i can have it but not just having it every single day just because and then so varying it oh, okay what am i doing today how am i feeling today and then decide okay i'll have decaf today okay i'm having it right before the gym for me i notice i like to have a little bit of caffeine before i go to the gym because i just, I just sweat a lot more I'm not one of those people who sweats a ton just naturally unless it's like really hot but if I have some uh, coffee beforehand, that helps me sweat and just feels really good in my brain and my body. So using it, again, more strategically. And I've used nicotine uh, because it has a uh, half of the half-life of caffeine. So it's a stimulant that doesn't last as long as ca uh, coffee and caffeine. So you know, I've experimented with that, but then found... I would just use it for the sake of it, not, you know, regardless of whether you know my nervous system pri is primed or tired. Not be I wasn't using it. I was no longer using it strategic or tactical. So you know I've kind of not ordered any more of that for a while, um, until perhaps I find a need. But again, yeah, it was just it was hyperstimulating. So trying not to hyperstimulate. So cats, caffeine, and grief. Those are. A few uh, big things that I've been thinking about or just what I want to talk about. There's a lot more I want to talk about as well, but I'm going to do save that for other episodes. And in the meantime, check out these books or that book, um, Martine Prechtel, The Smell of Rain on Dusts. Uh, this one's pretty short. He's got some longer books, but yeah, about grief and praise if you're interested in grief. Um, right, and that's so important for just you know everything. You know, healing your heart and your 
life, <laughs> right? It's just it's so important to learn how to grieve. Well, one thing I was gonna say about that uh, grieving experience, because I was like, why am I feeling so sad? Is it really just about that? The answer was no, it wasn't just about that. I was feeling sad from that, yes. I was feeling collective sadness from the family, from my wife, right, as an empath. But then I was just using it as a way, not consciously, to let, to just grieve. Who knows what I was grieving? No idea, it doesn't even matter. But I needed to let it go, right? I needed to lighten my load, lighten my heart, use it to to grieve whatever else has been you know, dying in my life, whatever else I need to let go of. Um, and just so using, you know, these kind of triggers to grieve whatever needs to be grieved. It doesn't matter why you're crying really, but if you feel it, it's just good to get in there and really let it go. So I'm going to do another episode sharing uh, the San Pedro experience that I had. San Pedro being a mescaline containing cactus. Known as the grandfather, ayahuasca, the grandmother, San Pedro and peyote, the grandfather. So I had a really cool slash helpful experience there. And yeah, there's some other stuff that I've been working on as well. So that is it for today. Again, again, assess your relationship with caffeine. The best way to know about it is to not use it and then see how you react, how you respond. Um, and then, yeah, if you're interested, check out that book on grief or just, you know, if these words relate, see where you can grieve in your life. You know, how can we open up more of that so that we can sing this song of life, right? The song of life giving praise. How beautiful is that? So thanks for listening. And yeah, um, no idea if there's going to be any type of schedule with this or what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm hoping that I don't just post one and then nothing for months, but yeah, I'm feeling better and expired, uh, expired, <laughs> inspired, have some more space. Like I mentioned, I've been really busy with the moving company and that's brought a lot of challenges and growth in my life. Uh, so I've been working on that a lot and yeah, still doing my, well, my personal work and the healing work and my work with, uh, you know, plant medicines has all been still happening. So it's good to share and I'm looking to share. So yeah, connect with me on Instagram. Shoot me any questions, messages, say hello, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and sing a song of life-giving praise. Take care.